Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Paul Giamatti. And I'm Stephen Asma. Join us on the Chinwag Podcast every Wednesday where we trade the banal and the boring for the super strange and bizarre. They committed human sacrifice? I did bring up human sacrifice, yes. You sure did. <laughs> that just went by fast. Kind of casually tossed that out. I would like to have an alien uh, hatchet young inside. Holy shit, really? She saw world peace and I saw demons coming out of the wall. I will say that there was a green couch outside of the principal's office and you sat on it if you had lice or if you got in trouble. (laughs) They wake you up from the goo pods to live in reality and you're naked and screaming. It's like... (laughs) Follow us for free on Apple Podcasts and all major podcast platforms. For more information, go to chinwagpod.fm. And find enlightenment through our Instagram or TikTok at ChinwagPod or on Twitter at Chinwag underscore pod. We need to start red flagging these movies that last longer than 90 minutes. Oh, you <laughs> that's your issue? 
this wasn't that bad. This was like 145. It was, yeah, it was 110, 110 minutes, which is, yeah, like 150. Yeah, but you don't watch the credits. I don't, but it, it felt like the credits for the last 40 minutes of that movie. Are you saying this dragged? I am saying it dragged. Wow. I think here's an issue. I think you're just sick of watching movies at this point. <laughs> Maybe. That might be it. That might be it. That might be at play. Bleed the brakes, I mean. I hate you. Spoiler alert. Your picks have been horrible, man. It's the point. It's the point of the show. Isn't, Isn't it? it? Isn't it? it? It's Isn't possible. It? I don't understand what this podcast is about. Poppycock. The fuck house. On a weekly basis, we are consuming more concentrated bad movies than probably anybody in the history of mankind. Poppycock. What story? <laughs> what story? <laughs> what are you talking about? Do you want lunch? I have yet to laugh in this movie. I'll just tell you that. You picked it, motherfucker. <laughs> just remember that. You know the problem with Hollywood is? They make shit. Unbelievable, unremarkable shit. So I was legitimately offended. You were offended? I was, a, I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. If I were gay, I wouldn't be offended. They're fucking making shit up, I mean! Inconsequential detail after inconsequential yeah. detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm there holding a mic in my hands and now I'm talking yeah, all over. <laughs> Cinephobe, the podcast where we break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love. I'm Zach Harper. That's Amin Al-Hassan. That's Anthony Mays. And special guest. I don't know why I'm acting like it's a surprise. You've clicked on it. I'm sure we've got it in the information for the episode. Roy Bellamy from ESPN's Dan yeah. Levitard show starring Stu Gott. Roy, welcome. Yeah, hello, fellas. Two weeks ago, you guys did the fan with uh, Wesley Snipes and the Wesley Snipes movie. And I just surprised you with the hat that she asked for during that episode and it yeah. does kind of look like a pork pie it's amazing so that's a breaking bad exclusive hat yes it is it's called the heisenberg it's made by uh goren brothers so yeah this is like a made for the show just to, to let everybody know roy bellamy is one of the the producers on the dan levitard show with Stu Gatz. you can catch that on espn radio and espn plus weekdays 10 to 1 eastern roy is also quite possibly the greatest trivia player of all time because oh my god you are a wealth of just useless facts <laughs> from all throughout pop culture throughout all history roy is this a skill that you hone on purpose or just happened to you naturally well no i actually do pay attention to stuff and that's the whole that's basically part of life where you have to pay attention to stuff to actually survive but uh i gotta yeah, tell you uh this useless knowledge is not useless once it becomes used, you know what I'm saying? Like, this point. knowledge is just expansive sometimes. And when it needs to be used, it's no longer useless. Roy, let me ask you a question. What part of survival is knowing Johnny B. Good from 1989? <laughs> well, you know, sometimes, you know, somebody has to ask a question at gunpoint, uh, pardon the, uh, the pun there. And, you know, if you don't have the information, you might be in trouble, you know? So I had the answers and... Yeah, and I just want to remind everybody when 
me and Zach were on one of the Levitard show simulcasts, uh, I guess, of the of the uh, Miami Heat playoff games. We mentioned that that week we were doing Johnny Be Good, and Roy immediately pipes in with, "Oh, Uma Thurman's first movie." And I'm like, how right, did you like, know that's, this? <laughs> that's what he knew from it. That is wild. That is wild. Uh, if you guys have a submission, reminder, it needs to be 40% or lower on Rotten Tomatoes for the audience or critics score. This week on Cinephobe, we watched the 1995 action comedy crime movie, Money Train. Maze? Just action. Just action. No, there was comedy. I'm, I'm That's a, a heist movie, though. It is a heist movie. That's right. There should be heist in that in that description. Also throw in, there is a romantic intrigue in there. Oh, yeah, it was really seamless and natural how they weaved that romantic love triangle into this story. Well, I think Amin's probably referring to another another interest with a different character. But I do like how, spoiler alert, in this movie, they're just like, eh, what if Wesley Snipes and Jennifer Lopez just fucked? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. what if... Let's throw that in there. It's what the people want. Money Train stars Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson as they get the band back together. Previously, they had starred in Wildcats and White Men Can't Jump. Chemistry just popped off the screen. Popping off the screen. Man, oh, just like a, a Riggs and Murtaugh situation. Woody was coming off of The Cowboy Way and Natural Born Killers in 1994. Big movie. He had Kingpin oh. and The People vs. Larry Flint coming out in 1996. It's a good run. Oh, I just watched Natural Born Killers and People Against Larry Flint this year. For the first time? Mm-hmm. I just watched Kingpin a couple of months ago. Not for the first time, though. I love that movie. You love Le- Big Lebowski Maze. I love Kingpin. I think it's a better bowling movie. I agree with that. Roy, when's the last time you watched Kingpin? Oh, man, it had to have been like eight years ago, probably. It was a while. It was a while. <laughs> it's been a while, but I, I, know, I do remember the last time I saw it. It was, um, I think it was funnier than I had remembered. Oh. I think that's one that gets better with age because it's so, oh, yeah. It's so inappropriate. And there's probably just stuff I didn't recognize as a, you know, as a kid watching it. Bill Murray is amazing in that movie. Yeah, he killed that movie. Wes Snipes coming off of oh, what a run. Demolition Man and Drop Zone in 1994. Drop Zone's a great movie, by the Drop way. Drop Zone. You know, as soon as I was, oh, man, does that qualify? There's, yeah, there's a scene in this movie where I was like, Drop Zone. What happened to that one? <laughs> <laughs> Drops on with, with Wesley Snipes and Gary Busey does qualify. Added to the list. Oh, yeah. We'll just have to do a Wesley Snipes month at this point. Um, he also had two Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar in 95. And then The Fan was coming out in 1996. Do you think Wesley learned MMA before or after to Wong Fu? I think, oh. it was, I think it may have been before because he did Drop Zone and Demolition Man, but yeah, did Patrick Swayze actually teach him MMA? Maybe in that he, movie, he's got a black belt. He is he is a martial artist, Wesley, and, I, and I've got some notes on that. We'll get to later, but he is a, an actual black belt in several martial arts. That's why I keep saying he is the greatest actor athlete ever. There's nobody, you know, him and maybe Jackie Chan is Bruce Lee. Bruce, I mean, Bruce Lee didn't really act. All he did was like fight. Um, we also work, get. Yeah. Jennifer Lopez, repeat offender for Cinephobe, thanks to Gigli. Uh This was her first major role in a movie, although she had been in My Family that came out the same year. Selena, Anaconda, and U-Turn all were coming out in 1997 for her. Bangers. Bangers. We also have uh, Robert Blake in this movie. It was his oh, second-to-last role. 
two I, years before Lost Highway. I want to prep everybody that Roy has been texting me about his Robert Blake <laughs> missive that he wants to get off. <laughs> okay. Good God. Oh my God. What do you mean he killed it? <laughs> you stole my joke, you son of a. <laughs> <laughs> We also get uh, Chris Cooper, who is the dad with the Nazi plates in American Beauty. Uh, Money Train, directed by Joseph Rubin. He had directed Sleeping Rubin. with the Enemy. Rubin. Joseph Rubin. Uh, he directed <laughs> Sleeping with the Enemy and The Good Son, Future Cinephobe. You off for scuba? Good Son qualifies? Yes. Oh, my God. We can't go through this with every movie from the 90s and 80s. I mean. These were all like like, like The Good Son, the one with Macaulay Culkin, right? Yeah, it's like 20%. Really? Yeah. Wow. I looked I it up. Wow. Wow. Doug Richardson wrote it with story and screenplay credits. He wrote Die Hard 2, Bad Boys, and Hostage. Bad Boys and Money Train in 1995. Ooh, that is, man, that's incredible. And then David Lowry gets a screenplay credit as well. David wrote Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, Passenger 57, and Lakeview Terrace. Always bet on black. There it is. Lowry wrote 1984's Dreamscape with Joseph Rubin, the director, and Chuck Russell, the director of I Am Wrath. Oh, man, I got file again. Wait, did I file that? Of course I filed that. Of course <laughs> Never mind. Uh, synopsis for Money Train. A vengeful New York City transit cop decides to steal a trainload of subway fares. His foster brother, a fellow cop, tries to protect him. Also in the cast, we've got... Ada Turturro and Vincent Pastor, Janice and Big Pussy from The Sopranos. We've got repeat offender Dean Norris. Uh, yeah. Of course, is Hank from Breaking Bad, and he was in Lawnmower Man. And we also have Lawrence Gilliard, who played D'Angelo Barksdale in The Wire. That's yep. right. We also get the guy that Amin thought played the Ripper. Yeah, Enrico Colantoni. The guy from Just Shoot Me is in this. Yeah. Yes, the guy from Just Shoot Me. Back to back. Enrico Colantoni movies for Amin. <laughs> Only for Amin, though. Tagline for Money Train. Get on or get out of the way. Okay. We have um, other taglines. Get on or get out of the way. It's in all caps with an exclamation point in the other one. <laughs> <laughs> and we got two more. If you're a criminal, stay on the train. And what? then, I don't know. <laughs> and then last one. Get on the fast track. Oh. Okay. Oh, I had one more. White men can't train. No, that's not a real <laughs> thing. No. That can't be. That can't be one. <laughs> Sixty-eight million dollar estimated budget. Wow. Grossed thirty-five point four million U.S. and worldwide. Hold on. Sixty-eight million. Yeah, dude. They no. they built essentially a train station for the set. I'm googling Jurassic Park budget. Do you care to venture? Let's start with Roy. No one look it up. Roy, did Jurassic Park, which has CGI that holds up to this day, cost more or less than Money Train? Uh, we're talking about 1994 dollars. I would have to say it has to be more. I would guess probably 90 million. Zach, what do you got? More I, or less? I would have guessed 75 million. 
or Jurassic Park? Maze, more or less, Jurassic Park budget or money train? Less. What, what's your number? $50 million. Jurassic Park cost $63 million to make. Mm. What? They were in what? Costa Rica, and they had the best CGI known to man that holds up to this day. And it cost $5 million less than Money Train. Man, Robert Ooh. Blake must have been expensive. <laughs> That's a lot of insurance for Robert Blake. A lot of legal, <laughs> a lot of legal fees. Yeah, a lot of legal fees. Uh, before listening to the rest of this podcast, if you want to watch the movie, it is available on Stars, Maze. That's two for two. When I pulled it up on Stars on my TV, it said you needed to be a premium subscriber. I thought I was a premium subscriber, so I tried to pull it up on my iPad. Doesn't even show up when I search for it. Finally, I got it through Amazon Prime through my Stars subscription that runs through Amazon Prime. I don't know what it is, but it, if you're having trouble finding it, Give it a couple of searches before you give up. I'm also seeing that the box office, the $35 million is just domestic. Yeah, it didn't have anything for worldwide. And then it made $77. Oh! It's not easy to find, but apparently this movie did make a little bit of money. Right, IMDb's got some explaining to do with their figures then. Money Train receives 22% from critics on 32 reviews. Ooh. 32. And then Rotten Tomatoes has a 29% from the audience on over 50,000 ratings. Now, this is infuriating to me. If the critics don't like it, whatever. But, Roy, like, I would have thought the audience would be all over this. Yeah, I guess that uh, chemistry from White Men Can't Jump kind of faded away. I guess nobody really asked for it. They didn't fix racism. I would have assumed no. that they had fixed racism in the 90s, but apparently not. Amin, would you like the positive or the negative reviews first? You know, I'm a glass half full kind of guy, Zach. Give me the positives. Well, wow, everybody's just thinking about the negative. Well, I think the glass is half full. Everybody thinks it's half empty. Stephen Holden of the New York Times. What's he holding? More viscerally charged than speed and hipper than Die Hard with a Vengeance. The movie is a careening, screeching joyride that showers sparks like fireworks. He got paid. He's holding a bag that the studio gave him. <laughs> Kim Williamson of Box Office Magazine. Very boring name and, and outlet. I can't even make a joke about it. Snipes <laughs> plus Harrelson equals fun plus fireworks. I mean, hell of an equation. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. the math yeah. checks out, I guess. <laughs> Although two fireworks mentions here. Were there fireworks in this movie? No. Oh, there was a fire. There was a fire. Was There's a, a fire. fire. Yeah, a lot of fires. Spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> Kenneth Turan of the Los Angeles Times. Money Train is a by-the-numbers action buddy picture, and few directors run through those numbers as smoothly as Joseph Rubin. Are you trying too hard? Oh, boy. <laughs> and then we didn't really have a lot of written positive reviews, so I had to go to the user reviews. User Amandus S. gave it two and a half out of five stars. The movie is fun. The brotherhood is fun. The action is thrilling. Jennifer Lopez is looking good. The love triangle is bad. The subway system is not accurate at all compared to real life. The <laughs> ending, however, is very satisfying. Okay. Was the love triangle so bad and the subway system so inaccurate that only two and a half out of five stars were given? I mean, that's the no. reason, obviously. I, 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 yeah, like, it sounds wait. like Amandus is, is a fan, though. I'm, I'm a New York native, and I wasn't thrown off by the Subway geography. It didn't throw me off that much. User Alex K gave it three and a half out of five stars. 
okay film, sort of lost its way, and the ending was quite good. But apart from that, it was a very entertaining action movie. Not a coherent sentence. User, you that? I like that it it argues with itself without arguing with itself at the same time. Sounds like Stugatz. <laughs> it does sound like Stugatz. User Yuri B gave it four out of five stars. Another Woody and Wesley classic, and Jennifer Lopez was the perfect complement to the both of them. User Patrick K, three and a half out of five stars. Just came across this film and got to say this is a very underrated film. In the 90s, when it came out, it didn't get the greatest reception. It has gradually got worse since then. However, in the 80s, it would have been hailed as a classic. Snipes and Harrelson are foster brothers who are also transit cops who lose their jobs and try to rob the train. It's funny and action-packed, just plainly entertaining, which makes me wish we had films like this now with a greater regularity. I agree. I think it's dead on. If you say so. I think we need more movies like this. User Rebecca R, five out of five stars. I found Jennifer a fabulous trinket in the web of this storyline. Trinket. Like a Pandora? She's a Pandora. It was was very uncomfortable. And then user Anthony B gave three and a half out of five stars. It's loads of fun. Harrelson and Snipes have great chemistry and make this movie what it is. Such a shame how far down the shitter Snipes' career has gone. What? Wow, man. Like he had like Blade after this. Like he, he no, this was like this was the 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 prime time. I mean, the fan comes out a year later. Nah, he's just talking about the taxes. Is all. <laughs> it's true. Taxes did come for him. All right, the negative reviews. At this point of time, my thought on critics not liking stuff is: then turn it off, you fucking weirdo. You have so <laughs> many options. People who watch an entire project to hate on it. Man, it is so weird to me. Brian Lowry of Variety bounces along with a lame script and inconsistent pace. Oh, Oh, so he's salty like Lowry. (laughs) Rob Thomas of Capital Times, Madison, Wisconsin. A loud and truly pointless action comedy. Was it loud? Rob Thomas. Rob Thomas. I don't think I can just. I hate you. (laughs) I was thinking the same joke, Maze. I just couldn't think of a song. (laughs) Two Americas? Yeah. (laughs) All right. Nigel Floyd of Time Out. Hardly worth the four-year wait. What? It took four years? I guess after White Men Can't Jump. Oh, okay. Uh, Uh, We're going to get a lot of these reviews that are comparing it to White Men Can't Jump. Yeah, probably. Not comparing it to Wildcats, though. No, not (laughs) Pete Vanderhaar of Film Threat. Harrelson and Snipes reproduce their on-screen magic from White Men Can Jump, even though no one asked them to. <laughs> that's, me. That's, that's, that's my review. <laughs> Literally, producers asked them to. A lot of people asked them to. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> Why this movie got made? Michael Dakina of TheMovieReport.com. Goes nowhere Kina. fast. Michael Dakina. Kina. Last episode, I didn't like this one. Yeah. <laughs> Hal Hinson of Washington Post. Albert. Andrew. <laughs> Even if they only charged a token, it would be too much. <laughs> Chris Hicks of the Desert News in Salt Lake City. The two stars do manage to get off a couple of amusing riffs, and Snipes gets to show off some of his kung fu fighting skills, but that's hardly enough to rescue what amounts to a real mess. Jane Gunahal of the San Francisco Examiner. Gonna haul off on her if she doesn't do the right thing here. Oh boy, and that's a that's a problematic. Foreshadowing, Roy. It's foreshadowing for another scene. Pity oh, yeah. poor Wesley Snipes. 
and Woody Harrelson, two gifted actors who must have rotten self-esteem. Why else would they choose to be in a turkey like Money Train? What? It's the first word in that title, probably. I'm guessing. <laughs> you <get> the money, right? <laughs> User Bill S. gave it half a star out of five stars. Just keep mugging for the camera, guys. Get out of here. I don't want to hear any more of these people. This User Barnaby S. gave one and a half out of five stars. Barnaby? Dumb as dog shit. Barnaby, Barnaby S. Jones? <laughs> Dumb as dog shit on a cake. Wow. And then... A couple more user reviews just because I found them fascinating. User Eric M. gave two out of five stars. Money Train. Jennifer Lopez ruined this movie. I admit the script wasn't that great or even the story. However, with Harrelson and Snipes, they could almost keep this movie afloat with witty banter and sharp dialogue. I realize you have to watch this movie and accept it for what it was, a bad 90s movie. Once you know what to expect, it really isn't that bad. You gave us a positive review that sounded negative, and now you've given us a negative review that kind of sounds positive. Jennifer Lopez. Right. Well, there are a lot of reviews that go after Jennifer Lopez. Like, say, like, yo, she screwed this movie up. I'm like, she's fine. She's not good at it, but she's fine. (laughs) It's Jenny from the block, man. I know. In her backyard. That's a home game. Yes. User Adam R. One and a half out of five stars. Before Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan, there was Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes. Whoa. Unfortunately, <laughs> the latter pair makes the former look like Laurel and Hardy by comparison. Uh, Money Trade is a badly written, disjointed action comedy. 48 hours, it is not. The only real modicum of enjoyment anyone can take away from the movie, apart from Chris Cooper's legitimately menacing performance as a pyromaniac, a villain who deserved a better movie, is Robert Blake's work as the kind of cartoonish, bigoted, self-important, bureaucratic movies like this like to make so fun to despise. This Officer guy. Santiago. Santiago. You know what? Robert Blake plays a great racist, you know? Maybe he's a method actor <laughs> or something. <laughs> and then the last one. This is my favorite one. Zach, that's one for out of cinephobe. (laughs) (laughs) User Jose M gave half star out of five stars. I saw the money train a while back and I was unimpressed and bored as I figured out the writer and director's true intention, a hit action buddy film. There is really no point in the story other than me not caring as I just watched and twitching for the ending. It's hampered by a numerous cliche Bad acting and swears. Yes, swears. However, there aren't a lot of F-bombs as I originally believed. I wanted more F-bombs in the film so I can fall back on something to complain. The film's only value is Chris Cooper's villainous character that's killed off too early in the flick. So much for that. So everybody that liked Chris Cooper's character is actually a murderer. Yes, and they hated Jennifer Lopez. What was this guy expecting? I don't know. I really don't know. More train, less buddies. More (laughs) F-bombs. You gotta eat. You just do. You'll die if you don't eat. I promise you that. There's one thing I know about science. If you don't eat, you will die. And like Roman said in Too Fast, Too Furious, we hungry. So you're gonna go to the grocery store every day or every other day to make sure you got all these little ingredients and all this stuff. And oh my God, I forgot the the you know the kale. I forgot the chard. I forgot onions. I don't have garlic. How did I not have garlic? I always have garlic. No, you don't have to do any of that stuff. With HelloFresh, it offers convenient delivery right to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family. Not only that, but it's also going to give you 
the best variety of recipes. They got so many good things like Italian noodle soup. They've got pork burgers. They've got a plant-based protein ragu rigatoni bake. They got a hearty black bean and poblano soup for when it's cold outside. They got anything you want. There's something for everyone, low calorie, vegetarian, meat and veggies, two people, four people, three meals a week, five meals a week, whatever you want to do. The packaging that HelloFresh uses to ship your food is almost entirely made from recycled and or already recycled content. So you're not hurting the earth. You're helping yourself and you're making it easy. You can keep your fridge stocked by adding extra proteins or sides like garlic bread to your weekly order. You really can customize it and keep a variety of spice, literally a variety of spice any way you want it with HelloFresh. And let me tell you this. You want a deal? I got a deal for you, okay? Go to HelloFresh.com. That's a website, HelloFresh.com slash CTD80. That's HelloFresh.com slash CTD80. And use the code CTD80 to get a total of $80 off five boxes, including free shipping on your first box off across five boxes and free shipping on your first box by using the code CTD80 when you go to HelloFresh.com slash CTD80. That is a deal. Not $18 off, not one eight, eight zero, eighty bucks off CTD80 at HelloFresh.com slash CTD80. Get some food and make it good and use HelloFresh. Amin, what is your first note? My first note was I remember watching this movie in high school and loving it. And then immediately the question, when did you guys watch this movie the first time? Roy, let's start with you. Probably in college. So it must have been like 2003, something like that. Zach, when did you watch Money Train for the first time? You already know I saw this shit in the theater. In the theater? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You know I saw that. I, as soon as they said Woody Harrelson, Wesley Snipes, I didn't even watch the rest of the trailer. I was like, I'm in. It's funny because I saw this movie and I haven't seen it in a long time. So much of this was like watching it the first time. But there were specific scenes and lines where I'm like, oh, oh, I remember in high school we just kept saying these lines. Yes. Maze, when was the first time you saw Money Train? I was today years old. Oh, you've never seen Money Train before. Then my next question, Zach, was, was this before or after Drop Zone? After. Finally. When I saw J-Lo, I said, oh, I knew her when she was, hey-ho. I don't know if you guys remember that uh, Jamie Foxx stand-up. Puppy tried to roll up on me. It really, it really wasn't him. I can't blame him. It was, it was actually Jennifer that was mad at me. But he was just trying to come to her, you know, honor or whatever. But, you know, I do jokes. This is my job. And I was doing some jokes on Saturday Night Live about, you know, Puppy and Jennifer. And she got mad. I saw her at the Grammys. And she was upset with me. Now, you know, I know Jennifer from In Living Color. You know, she was the fly girl and everything like that. You know what I'm saying? We go back. You know what I'm saying? I remember before the J-Lo, you know. I remember when it was just, hey, hey, ho. I'm serious. Don't try to front on me. I'm like, hey, hey, ho, hey, ho. I remember before the J-Lo, it was, hey, ho. Which is an amazing takedown. It made me think of, hey, J-Girl, you're a fly girl. <laughs> what a dance. <laughs> My first note. Are we starting out with Shaggy? We get Shaggy and a lot of NYC B-roll to start out this movie. And I just thought, I remember when Mr. Bombastic came out and was like a monster hit. Feels like maybe 95. 
95, 96 is when that song hit. I remember I was at a friend's house for a sleepover and the power went out, but we put batteries into his boombox and made sure that we could still listen to that CD. That's how big of a hit it was for us. Wow. There, was nothing, there wasn't shit to do. It was like nighttime. The power went out. There were candles. Like, it was very romantic, actually. Hey, hey, guys. Hey, guys. Mr. Bombastic one more time. <laughs> it was still Boombastic oh. in 95? Well, I mean, yeah. No, yeah the, the CD I don't player know. version, yeah. You know, yeah, the CD player version. Little one that everyone, everyone in college had one. You, you, that was yeah. the first thing you moved into the dorm. You had your little, like, little two speakers, and it's got the little CD on the top, and maybe be a cassette deck also. Zach, you said lights were out, you had the candles going. Would you yeah. say it was, whoa, whoa, romantic? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> I really wouldn't. So we've got a very drunk Woody Harrelson walking through the streets and down the subway stairs, and the subway platform performer is killing it with the kazoo. Woody Harrelson is one of the great character actors who somehow is the same character in every movie. <laughs> so who else is that? For me, that's Clooney, that's Denzel, and that's Woody. I find them to be the same character every time. But they're character actors. It's not like Vince Vaughn, who's just Vince Vaughn in every movie. Right. No, 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 no. But it's a no. It's that one character. It's a character actor. You're right. But it's the, I think it's the same character like in 90% of their movies. Who else is on that list? Wayne Knight, probably. Ooh, Wayne Knight. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Wayne Knight, for sure. Is Gosling in that? That list? Gosling is. Gosling is. These dudes aren't character actors. I know. This is the perfect one. It's Tom Cruise. Oh. It's the cocky, whatever he is in every movie. Yeah, Tom Cruise is a good call. Yeah. Vin Diesel? <laughs> no, because he's just being Vin Diesel. No, yeah. I think I've said this on this pod before. Vin Diesel disappointed me tremendously the first time he went on Leno. Because this is like after Pitch Black and maybe Fast and the Furious had just come out. But like I wanted Vin Diesel to be like this badass, like I'm better than everybody. And he was like, I just want everyone to know, like I followed my dreams and I achieved what I'm, you know, what I always wanted. You can follow your dreams too. And I was pissed. That was him acting. (laughs) That's what he was acting then. That's when he was acting. Yeah. I think he's turned into Vin Diesel. Like, I think that he wasn't that guy. And now he like it. It's a Lawrence Fishburne thinks he's Morpheus at all times scenario. No, Zach, you don't change your name to Vin Diesel. If you are want to be taken seriously as a thespian. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, he was Vin Diesel in Saving Private Ryan. I mean, do you change your name to Vin Diesel for a war movie? Great question. It's a great question. I don't know if that agreed with me or with a meme. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I think it was right in between. It was right in the middle. <laughs> Just kind of like throw it out there and we can, we can see who runs for that dodgeball. Welcome to Cinephobe. Hey, welcome to Cinephobe. <laughs> welcome to Cinephobe. Woody drops onto a bench. He's falling asleep, singing Christmas carols. Two guys are going to try to try to rob him. I have three questions here. Is this really what NYC transit cops do? Also, did that guy just drop the N-word? Also, is he allowed yeah. to say that? Okay, so a couple of things here. This is 1995 New York City, which is pre-reggaeton. This is when every Puerto Rican and Dominican in New York, basically for all intents and purposes, was black. They hung around with black people, they listened to hip-hop, and they were equally harassed by police and law enforcement. So 
there really was no difference. And the idea of them using the N-word was actually very quite common and never frowned upon or even, you know, given a, a sideways glare. It's the reason why Fat Joe uses the N-word very liberally and no one says anything because, oh, it's from a different time. Once reggaeton came out, they all started growing their hair, rolling their R's, and, like, throwing in random Spanish words into the way they spoke. And at that point, I believe, the N-word became off-limits to them because they made a conscious decision to separate themselves into a, a separate ethnic grouping. So that's a little NYC history for you. Also, worst dialogue ever. Yo, G look like a 5-0, dog. So <laughs> they were cut off from using the N-word? In my eyes, yes. I don't know if that ban has been upheld, <laughs> Roy, <laughs> but in my eyes, yes. Statue of limitations, I guess. Now, what about the NYC's ability to use the word? Oh, yeah. No, oh. That, that that one's always been in effect and has never gone away. <laughs> this whole scene, I wrote, great use of NYPD resources. We have at least three cops here to stop petty theft. That, by the way, was entrapment. Yeah, it's all entrapment. Yeah. That's all they do. Absolutely. Absolutely. The whole damn, it's just, the, it's not the decoy unit, it's the entrapment unit. Just pretend to be drunk. That's it. It's the whole game plan. Checking out the D. Checking, Checking out, the out the D, as according to Wesley Snipes, with his binoculars off in the distance. Uh, this guy takes his chain, takes his ring, takes his watch, and then takes doesn't, his badge out of the jacket. It doesn't, doesn't take the Burberry scarf. No. Woody gives the sign of pulling the jacket lapel, and we've got a subway chase. Yeah. Great and chemistry got, between Woody and Wesley right off the bat. Banter yeah, just, during... During a foot pursuit. No lying down on the job. They're talking shit to each other during a chase. (laughs) Keep up, Grandma. (laughs) All right, maybe the script isn't that good. (laughs) Or do we or do we think that was all do we think that was all ad living? I got a question here. Like what what was the regulations on hiring? Because I gotta assume that the NYPD I don't think that they would be hiring brothers at the same time of you know, officiate the same beat. I think that, you know, that's a little <laughs> off to me. What do you say? What do you say, Roy? They, su- they would put someone su- else on, one of them on desk duty? At least. I'm supposed to suspend disbelief for that? No. Yeah, no, I'm one, of them, one of them's got to be a traffic cop, right? Yeah. Like, one of them. Like, that's all I see in New York is traffic cops. That one of them's got to be doing that. Wes grabs one of the guys, throws him against the fence, handcuffs him to it, and says, stay. Woody's after the other guy talking shit great banter during a chase they hop down the train tracks after the guy and into the tunnel and i just wrote this guy is unbelievably fast and has so much endurance so do they yeah but like he had to run track in high school or something right he's a kid so they're the ones i'm really impressed about they're in their 30s he's in high school so i mean he's in the prime of his endurance life right now I asked who had been bending over and tired like that white guy in that James Harrison commercial where he had to tackle him so he'd get paid. That's 100% what would have been it. Robert Blake makes the control center send the money chain through the tracks anyway, even though the cops are on them. Nothing stops the money train. He said it. He said it. He said it. He said it. The guy who's working the operations manager looks a lot like former NBA assistant coach Mike Longobardi. I don't know if any of you guys know who that is or what he looks like, but if you Google him, you'll see. Longo looks exactly like that dude, except he's shorter. Oh, he does look like him. The train system control room is hilarious, and I definitely got faked out when Patterson, who's in like a glass office (laughs) overlooking everything, 
calls it the revenue train. I was like, are they dancing around this? But then seconds later. <laughs> it comes screaming by. But also, Beretta's about to let three people, potentially three people die just to get the train through on time. Hey, man, nothing stops the money train. That's what we call a future callback, I mean. Snipes saves Woody, pushes him against the fence for safety. Money train. They start running again. Woody asks him if he told him. He says, I tell you, I have a new plan. Wes says they don't want to talk about this right now. And I wrote, this is the Peter Griffin chicken fight of subway chases. It goes on for a while. If you cut these two, the two main chases in half, I think you get like a, an hour and 20 minute movie. Well, when you build a train tunnel to shoot your movie and you use it. Buddy train stops, guards get out. They're getting the money from the token clerks. How much money could they possibly have? Which was a question that I kind of had throughout the movie. They put a number on it later, but. I mean, yeah, this time of year, three, four million a day. Bags of coins from offices. So here's the thing. This is back when the subways were on a token system. So everybody was paying cash. There were no credit cards. You could not use a credit card to buy your subway fare, there was no Metro card, which is now the prevailing currency to get on the train. So you basically had to pay cash. So all these token booths were very cash-rich operations. So yeah, 3 to $4 million actually sounds about right. Bad guy keeps running towards the guards. 20th century, bitch. We used to pay for money to pay for our fucking subway tokens. Yeah, <laughs> use real money, not this fucking imaginary shit that y'all be playing with. Bitcoin. <laughs> that guy keeps trying to get away from the transit cops. They scream to stop. He doesn't. The guards <laughs> unload on him with a handgun and a machine gun to Yo, so much man. force, it blows him back in the air. They lit his ass up. Lit him up. In a crowded subway station. Yeah, that's another thing. There is a lot of firing guns into wildly filled public places in this movie. They recklessly fire at him in the subway. Uh, PD. What? behind pillars and hold out their badges. Guards call them the Transit Twins. And I wrote, Wesley Snipes is low-key acting his ass off because he's so appalled the perp got shot. Yep. Like, he's stomping around. He's doing a great job. Woody, Woody was fine here, but Wes is like, man, he's getting his steps in. I'm going to tell you right now, this is one of the scenes that has resonated with me throughout the fog of memory for decades. The whole, no, 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 you can't hit him. Why not? Because I'm going to hit him. And then he put, like, when that happened, we're like, oh, they got him. Like, it was such a cool thing in high school. It was. It was. Like, I, I, I was I blown you, away. That, that sound effect that they used for that punch, <laughs> I, I just like oh, it. Just- I just uh, I thought it was a real punch. What are you saying, Roy? That looks sounded good to me. That's what it sounds like when you. It was obnoxiously loud and fake. I do love that the guards for the money train blame the transit twins for killing this guy. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Your fault. They did lead him down there, so. And then we, I, I would love a ruling on this, also, Roy, but I believe I believe a Donnie Brook breaks out. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. I think it was a Donnie Brook because that was a massive fight, massive fight. Yeah, decoy squad is outnumbered, but they they put up a fight. Can I be devil's advocate here and say the money train cops are right? You chase this dude through transit tracks from station to station because he tried to pickpocket somebody. Yeah, like at some point you gotta let him go. It's a chain. It's a chain and a watch and a ring. He didn't even keep it. He, he dropped yeah. it all. Well, probably especially when he got shot to death. 
My question on jurisdiction, do they have run of the entire transit system? Because, like, there are real precincts around, right? Not below ground, Zach. Now you're entering my world. Are you telling me below ground is essentially international waters? No. <laughs> In the subway stations, the transit cops take precedent, but it's not like regular NYPD cops to just stop at the, outside the station like, damn it, he went into the subway. We can't. It's not like follow him into past state lines or something. They can go down there. It's just, you know, there's a crime scene and all the cops show up. They're like, who's in charge of this crime scene? It's like, this is a transit cop matter or whatever. So they're all NYPD, but obviously the transit cops take precedent down there. Go to Robert Blake's office. He says, don't bleed on my chair. That report says you're brothers. You, sir, are a Negro. Wesley Snipes' reaction and mouthing of that word killed me. I thought that was great. <laughs> he is white. Is somebody trying to jack me off? Uh, no, sir. Actually, we're foster brothers. Yeah, see, I ran away from this orphanage, yeah, and then and I was I'm sure it's a very touching story. And I was going to steal his swing. Shut up! Today, you caused my money train to arrive 46 minutes late. When my train is late, I take it as a personal sign of disrespect. The revenue collection for the entire subway system is under my direct command. My train, my people, my money. No one is allowed to dictate the movements of that train without my direct permission. Am I making myself clear? As a bell, sir, your train, your people, your money. <laughs> Shut up. Yes, sir. Now, are there any questions? <clears throat> Well, just one. Why did you send the train into the tunnel when you'd been advised we were in there? Your situation last night didn't move me one way or the other. Anything else? Yes, Chief Patterson, but your men shot the kid to shit. I mean, over a rope chain. Yeah, they shot him to shit. That's what they did. And you can't buy publicity like that. That boy didn't die in vain. As far as I'm concerned, he's a goddamn hero. Thanks to his sacrifice, the word went forth today. You fucked with my train. And I'll kill you. Now I'm going to send one more message. I don't like you. So don't fuck with my train again. If you do, we will tangle ass. And you will lose. Patterson closes it out with, we will tangle ass. And you will lose. Yo. Is somebody trying to jack me off? <laughs> like, yeah, is that what are... I'm to ask? There are a lot of very questionable exclamations made in this movie that I try to g keep track of. That's one of them. Also, midway through, I said, what a great conceit for a movie. Foster brothers become cops. It's like the opposite of, of Roy's reaction. I was actually like, yeah, I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I got one here. You, sir, are a Negro. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, method actor. He's a method actor. <laughs> So we find out they're foster brothers. Woody and Wesley try to explain it. Blake yells to shut up. I mean, is there some sexual tension between Robert Blake and the model money train on his desk? Oh, yeah. 100%. He's definitely in love with that thing. My next note is he's wearing pinstripes? I do not understand the subway system. Why would he be wearing pinstripes? Patterson is definitely tangled ass with that model train. Well, I mean, and also Patterson is technically a – is he a cop? 
don't know. I don't. I don't understand that entire command center. Yeah, because he's in the command center, which is a, an operations above the trains. Like, hey, move this train, shut off this track, et cetera, et cetera. He oversees these people, and yet he is talking to Woody and and Wesley like he's their boss. Right. Yeah, I, I didn't understand that either. This is kind of a tango situation. Like, he's wearing a suit. He's only worried about money, but he's a cop. And he also talked to them like it was the first time they ever met. Right. Like, I was questioning the entire time. Like, is this guy his, their superior officer? Like, what's going on here? I don't understand the hierarchy here. Hey, listen up. I'm thinking about making some changes lately. I wanted to improve my self-care routine. But that's not an easy thing to do. You know I love my hair. I try to make sure my skin looks pretty good. And then, you know, I want to smell good. But I don't know how to search for, like, what the right smell is for me. I'm just bad at that stuff. Thankfully, found Hawthorne. Hawthorne, a premium-tailored personal care brand that's making it easy for us to feel and smell our best. You start out with the quiz. Nasty things like, I don't know, what's your favorite drink? Do you smoke? How do you like to spend a night out? And I'm like, am I... Answering a a dating app questionnaire, or is this for some uh, some some goods for my bathroom? But then turns out, like they give you all these options of like, here's what we think you would like for you know a, a play cologne. Here's what we think you would like for a work cologne. Here's the kind of like shampoo we think you should get. Maybe a deodorant that works for you. It's all kinds of stuff. So I went all out, right? I got the deodorant. I got the conditioner, I got the shampoo, I got the body wash, I got the hand wash, I got the hand lotion, I got the face lotion. Like, I went all out. The work cologne, the play cologne. Guys, I smell amazing, like, all the time. If you want to upgrade your self-care routine, Hawthorne is a fun and convenient way to get super high-quality products tailored specifically for your needs. You can do one-time buying. You can sign up for, like, a regular thing. It's super easy. Takes the risk out of it by giving you free shipping on your order and your returns. And if you don't like the products, they'll even retailer them for you based on your feedback. Do what I did. Take the Hawthorne quiz today. Get started on your personalized self-care routine by going to hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E at the end, dot C-O, and use the promo code DINGS, that's D-I-N-G-S, to get 10% off your first purchase. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot C-O, promo code DINGS, Hawthorne.co, promo code DINGS, smell better, treat yourself. Wesley Snipes is all shoulders when he walks. You notice that? Man's man. The man's man. Says he'd like to take that precious little train. Woody says he's in. Wes says if he didn't have this badge. Hey, you say the word, I'm there. Word. We're cops, not nuns. We're not taking the train. Too late. Woody's got the model train in his pocket. I hope he wiped that thing off first. Uh, Woody yeah. says he... Yeah. <laughs> Clorox. Some Clorox on that. Yeah, you gotta, gotta disinfect that thing. Uh, Woody says he missed the old neighborhood. Wes says to come back more often. And then I put the note, I just realized we're 12 minutes into this movie. These guys have been on screen the entire time, and I have no idea what their character names are. We're 45 minutes into this podcast. Yeah, it's Wesley, Woody, Money Train. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Woody says he has a date later. Wes asks if it's with a girl or a deck of cards. He can see that Ace is dancing in his eyes. Ha-ha, exposition. Uh, detective exposition is what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Question. Leather jackets. Still a thing? I don't know because I live somewhere warm. So, you know, I, 
Great Roy, question. you live somewhere warm. Zach, you live somewhere warm. Maze, I guess you're the closest cold weather person we have. Are leather jackets still a thing? Motorcycle riders aside. Not really. It's like pea coats and shit now. People aren't wearing leather jackets. Yeah. Yeah, I had a leather jacket back in the day. We all did. I don't think you're allowed to wear leather anymore, right? Isn't that like some kind of PETA no. violation or something? Leather. It's got to be that fake leather. That's what it is. Yeah, it's got to be that. And that, and that pleather, pleather. Oh, my God. It smells so bad. It smells I had a Calvin Klein pleather jacket that I loved. It was so cool, but I wouldn't let anyone touch it because then they would know it was pleather. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a nice jacket. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. (laughs) Calvin Klein. Or it's a DKNY. It It was one of those two I bought on sale from Dillard's. I've never looked at from Dillard's. 20th century, bitch. I've never looked at the leather jacket and been like, ooh, I got to touch that. What, people, what reaction is that? People used to do that all the time, man. Because oh, okay. of pleather. <laughs> what he asked Wes for some cash because he's buying him a Christmas present. Don't be stingy. And says, you don't have to count it. I trust you. I love you, man. If you love me, let me keep my money. Hey, where's your Christmas spirit? In your pocket. Banter. Great banter. Oh, oh my God. Great, great banter. banter. He reminds Woody where he is. Needs to change that walk into more of a strut. Cut to Woody is playing cards with guys in ties and suspenders. Big pussy's there. Pot sweetened by 5K. Find out Woody's name is Charlie in this movie, and he's stalling. He's calling the bald guy his bet, but he offers up a watch. Cut to these guys hanging him off the high rise like he's vanilla ice. And they're waiting <laughs> on Wes to get there. He comes with a gun drawn. Wes is named John, we find out. We got John and Charlie. His uh, name's John? John? His name's John, oh. yeah. Well, I'm just finding that out right now. <laughs> John Hook. He brought $300, but Charlie owes the guy 15K. 15,000? John, this is no time to be cheap. You know what? Drop him. No, hold it. He's kidding. Oh, the hell I am. No, not drop the motherfucker. John, these guys don't have a sense of humor. They don't know you're kidding. Yeah, pretend to drop him. And then John says, okay, okay, make a deal. 300 now. The rest in a couple of days. They'll pull him back up. I can't believe they accepted this deal. $300 down payment for a 15K marker. Like, there's no way the mob is ever taking that. I give you 2% now. (laughs) (laughs) An FHA loan. Pay the 98% another time. Yeah, no even set time. No, like, you have 24 hours to give this. No vig, no interest, nothing. Charlie says, while he was up there, God spoke to him, and she said to stop gambling. He changed at a basic cellular level. This is one of the few times where it just seems like Woody is talking about himself. John says to stop drinking all that wheatgrass bullshit. Dogs pee in it. Charlie says that's good for you, too. Now it's John's turn to be the decoy, and we're introduced to Grace Santiago, their new partner. Santiago. And they mumble some inappropriate things about her in the van. Love triangle. Charlie and Grace (laughs) are on lookout. John is the drunk by the column. Grace says that this transfer is her lucky break. Charlie says they're the best. And John is acting his ass off as a drunk. Oh, I will say this. Wesley, not as good as Woody at playing drunk. Oh, now I feel like this is profiling a little bit. Oh, because most drunks are white is that what you're not saying most drunks i just think you look at woody as more of a drunk than you look at wes and i think that's i think that's you generalizing a little bit here there's that and i believe i can't i haven't could not confirm this but i believe wesley snipes doesn't drink and we all know that woody harrelson did at least so i don't think i mean that's just because of cheers that's all it is yeah exactly (laughs) cheers 
I say I I don't like this profiling. This is racist. I don't like this. <laughs> Two women come by and they're interested in taking him home. And I wrote, "Is this legal? I don't think this is legal." That's, it's uh, kidnapping. Tony, Tony <laughs> Soprano's sister. Yeah, it's Janice, John Turturro's sister in real life. Cousin. We've done a Ada Turturro movie and a Nicholas Turturro movie before. We've done a John Turturro movie. Doesn't make bad movies. Yeah, that's true. He's trying to resist them taking him home. He's tugging at his collar. Grace says they should break it up. She pretends to be drunk, and that's her man. Oh, man. J-Lo is not good at this. <laughs> what? I believed her. She is not good at pretending to be drunk. Oh, I liked it. I thought she was great. Hey! Come on, baby. That's my man. Get your hands off my man. What are you bitches, crazy? You want me to get hurt? That's what it is. We didn't know it was your man. I'm we didn't sorry. Know. We didn't know. I'm sorry. They were huge. We don't condone fat shaming, I mean. I'm just saying that's what he said. Yeah, he said they were huge. The torch walks up to the ticket booth. His hands are fucked. He asks, she knows what it's like to smell her own burning flesh. And I wrote, that's an oddly specific question. Here's the thing. This actually happened. There was a string of copycat arsons that happened in the subways, and they blamed the movie for inspiring it. So I remember this happened like weeks after. Yeah, it was a really big deal. Also, her hair would have been the first thing to go up in flames. Wow, man. There's a lot of product in that young woman's <laughs> A lot of product. Do you remember that thing happening, Amin? Or do you just yeah. – you, you re- okay, so you actually no, remember. I didn't. Look, I didn't look that up. I remember it clearly because I remember, again, my mom was like, oh, you got to watch out when you're on a subway. I'm like, mom, <laughs> no one's setting me on fire. <laughs> he shoots gasoline into the booth has like a batman utility belt of some sort it was a really actually impressive setup he flicks a match on fire says to hand over the cash or he'll light her up she hands it to him he knocks her down and then he douses the room in gasoline throws the lit match and the booth is ablaze i'm not in it for the money john springs into action jumps across the tracks narrowly avoids two trains in the middle this guy over here rushing and running and jumping like Carl Lewis over here just to get stuck in between those two trees. Like, Come on, just go around. You know Roy, it reminded me of someone who speeds up past you and then you're both at a red light. Yeah. yeah. That's what yeah. it felt like. It's just bad planning. He doesn't have good vision there. He can't really see things. He's not He's not Nick Cage in Next. The booth worker is just flailing around like a Muppet. She was not acting her ass off. She was careful. <laughs> Torch grabs Grace as she runs down the stairs. He disarms her. John shoots open the booth glass uh, as the torch beats the shit out of Grace. Yeah, what? John saves the worker. I mean, he really, like, there's a lot of hitting Jennifer Lopez in this movie. Yeah. You think she would have had enough? She would have, if she, uh, but she wasn't made in ooh. Manhattan. She's in the Bronx. She <laughs> Giggly. It's time we make love. Ooh, hit the brakes on that train. We're going to stop right here. As part one of the Cinephobe Money Train episode ends, next week we will have part two with me, with Amin, with Maze, with Roy Bellamy from The Lebitard Show with Stu Gatz, and we will have every 
bit of exciting drama as Woody and Wesley and J-Lo try to take down Robert Blake and the money train right here on Cinephobe. Make sure you're sharing. Make sure you subscribe. I don't care if you have one follower. I don't care if you have a million followers. Hit that retweet. I want you to give it a like. I want you to post it on Instagram. I want you to do all that fun promotion stuff to keep helping the podcast grow. You've done a phenomenal job supporting us so far, so please keep doing that. Make sure you unsubscribe and resubscribe. Please leave a review. If you have not left a review and you like this show, please leave a five-star review. It helps us with the rankings and getting it in front of the spotlights and all that stuff. If you don't like the show, please leave a five-star review. What's wrong with you? It's a holiday season. Don't be a jerk. And we'll catch you next time with episode two of Money Train right here on Cinephone.